Today I'm beginning a new uh, series of messages um, entitled Strengthening the Family. Uh, We're going to spend a few, uh, the rest of this month, uh, just talking about uh, family issues and those kinds of things. And and today I want to talk with you about this idea about what's so special about your family. And... um, We'll talk about different aspects of the family and parenting and those kinds of things. Um, I'd like you not to give up on me, though. Um, I I know that uh, we come in very many different shapes and sizes and all those kinds of things. And uh, too often uh, we feel like those sitcom programs, you know, you watch sitcoms on the family and you think, oh my goodness, you know. We laugh at those things, and then one day we realize, I am those things, and uh, sometimes humorously, um, sometimes not so humorously. Um, we, we sometimes, uh, we look on our family, um, the family we were raised in, uh, the family that we have now, um, the family we wished we were, the family we used to be, (laughs) all of those kinds of things. And uh, we don't always feel all that, wow, yeah, man, knocked it out of the park. Um, In fact, sometimes things just creep up on you and kind of slap you up the side of the head. Um, I'm there. But let me just say this. Every family has issues. Can I just say that starting out? Every family has issues. Some of them are bigger than others, but every family has issues. So just, you don't need to feel like you're alone in that process. You don't feel like, need to feel like you're a failure in those processes, and I tell you what, uh, it's easy to get there. Every family has issues. The second thing I would just say to you as we go through this process, and I, I may remind myself uh, and you of these frequently, um, is you just got to start where you're at. You got to start where you're at uh, in your family context, situation. If you focus on where you've been, you're likely to be depressed or have some overly something. And if you focus on what some other family's like, you can get into some weird places there too. What you got to know is you got to just start with where you are at in your marriage, in your relationship with your children, in the relationships with your parents or grandparents or grandkids or wherever you're at, whatever you're at in that relationship, in that family structure. You got to just start where you're at and say, God, help me make it better. God, help me make it better. Make it something more. And the third thing I would just say to you, and oh, by the way, let me just go back to the second one. Um, God wants to help us. Can I just say that? Uh, 
God wants to help us have strong families. Um, He's not out there just watching us struggle. He wants to help. Third thing I would just say this, is that family is as much a relational thing as it is a biological thing. And, and And I say that because sometimes we absolutely have horrific family upbringings. Or sometimes we're in the midst of a horrific family situation. Um, Sometimes we are uh, single. Uh, We're widowed. We're divorced. We are just in a lonely place. Um, I want to just tell you that the people around you, the church, can become your family. It can become your family. It is that place where you can find all the things that we're going to be talking about over the next weeks. It can become that place where you're finding encouragement and hope and help and all those kinds of things. And so as we go through this series, regardless of whether you are a single person, divorced, widowed, married with kids, married with no kids, uh, grandparent, whatever it is you are, just just start where you're at and, and think, okay, my whatever situation may be whatever it is, and I may be facing these kinds of situations in my life, but, but there is a place where you can develop healthy, strong relationships, and, uh, and it's right here in this place, and I, and I hope that will be that for you. So, uh, don't check out on me if you would. Um, I, I don't do many series on the family because <laughs> uh, it is a difficult topic, I think. Um, you either feel really good or really rotten about it most of the time. But let me just say that, that God has a good plan for family. And he's had one right from the beginning. Genesis chapter 2, uh, verses 18 and 24, two passages, two verses there. First one says, the Lord God said, it is not good for man to be alone. I'll make a suitable helper for him. And I think God recognized pretty easy early that, that we are not little islands unto ourselves, but we are, uh, we are made and designed to be in relationship with somebody the second verse, verse 24 says, Therefore, a man will leave his father and mother and be united to his wife. Um, there's a whole long bunch you could preach on that, but I'll just tell you, uh, there is something about a family relationship between a man and a woman that truly um, had God had in mind from the very beginning. And uh, we need to get that idea. Family stuff is God's idea. And this morning, I want to talk to you about four reasons, four ideas about why your family is so very important. And the first one is just simply this. A family is to be a shelter in storms. To be a shelter in storms. And the reality is this. Everybody is going to face stuff in life, right? We, you know, we talk about that a lot here. <laughs> stuff happens. 
And, and it is tough. It, and it rains on it. We've been talking about the Holy Spirit rain down. Well, other stuff rains down too. <laughs> Junk rains down. It pours on us. We, we get overwhelmed with how tough things can be. And, and, and you know what? Things don't always go as we planned. And they don't always go as we expected. And they don't always go as we'd hoped for. And, and the family is to be that place of protection, of stability, of security. Proverbs 14, 26 says, Reverence for the Lord gives a man deep strength. His children have a place of refuge and security. That, that home environment is something important for us. It matters. The, the family matters. And it matters big time in, in the time of storms. There's all kinds of storms. You know that. There's, there's physical storms. There's, there's emotional storms. There's financial storms. There's intellectual storms. There's... there's Moral storms, we have all kinds of those kinds of things. And in the midst of all of that, there's a couple that I just want to point out that kind of relate to all of those. And change is one of those. Change is a storm. And change is something we're continually dealing with. We have illnesses, we have deaths, we have graduations, we have changing jobs, we leave homes, we move on to other places, we do all those kinds of things. And and, and, and in the midst of that, family is oftentimes what draws us together, what holds us together in those places. I, I remember as a kid growing up, I went off to school and I traveled all over and went everywhere. But it was like I had a home. I know where my home was. I always went back to Tucson, Arizona. That's where my parents were at. And that was home and those kinds of things. And and we felt that way with congregations. If you're like, well, I don't know where all else is, but I know there I've got a place that I call home there. This is my home and the, where we go back to in the midst of all the change. Failure is a storm. Failure is a storm. Because the reality is we're not always winners in life. You lose sometimes. Difficult things happen. You get turned down for the promotion. You get an F on a test at school and you don't make the, the baseball team or the football team, and you're, or you made it and your team has a losing season. Can I get an amen for Padre fans? You go bankrupt. You experience loss and failure. Homes ought to still be the place where you find... A hug, even in the midst of difficult times. Ecclesiastes tells us something uh, we oftentimes think about in the context of friendship, but, it, but it's true in the sense of home and family. Ecclesiastes 4, 9, 10 says, Two are better than one. If one of them falls down, the other can help him up. But if someone is alone and falls, it's just too bad because there's no one to help him. But families, families, Create that place where even in the midst of failure, there's a place to find shelter. Rejection is a storm. Perhaps the most difficult storm to handle of all. It breaks us sometimes. We be rejected, put down, ridiculed, criticized. Whether you're a kid on a playground or whether you're out on a date looking for a job, experiencing rejection is one of those huge storms in life. 
but homes were meant to be a shelter. Families were meant to be a shelter. A safe place to cry, a safe place to pour out your heart, a safe place to to gather around and be consoled and find hope. Family is a shelter in a storm. A family is also a learning center for life. It is in the context of the family that that we learn the basic skills of life. We we learn how to walk, and we learn how to talk, and we learn how to eat, and we learn all of the basic stuff that we do. You all learned at home. We are continually in this teaching mode in family settings. Ephesians 6, 4 says, Fathers, don't exasperate your children. Instead, bring them up in the training and instruction of the Lord. And when we're training our children, they're going through this process, this cycle, this stage of going from parent control to self-control to God's control. That was a, that's a kind of an interesting thought. See, we we walk through this process, and that happens in the context of families. Uh, Luke chapter 2, verse 52 says, Jesus grew up in in four ways. You remember that? He grew up in wisdom and stature and favor with God and favor with man. That's kind of what Jesus did, and we all go through that process. We go through a a, a process of growing up into wisdom. We grow in intellectual growth. There's intellectual growth. There's there's growth, stature growth. We're growing up. We're getting taller and bigger. I I realize that as I've been around going and seeing the high school kids that were graduating this year. I don't know why this year it struck me more than ever before. I've been here five and a half years, and I feel like this year's crop of graduates were especially the ones when I got here, they were little kids. I mean, not little kids, but they were little. And now they're like, you know, they're like six foot two and they're bigger than me and taller and my goodness, they're all grown up. And I'm like, what happened? Goes fast. We also grow in favor with God. We grow, there's a spiritual growth that happens. And we grow in favor with man. There is a social growth as well. And that that ought to be part of what we do in the family. We're always helping them grow in those kinds of ways. And and this is what happens in the context of the church. And and this is especially true for those that that have had or are in challenging home situations. You're, You're learning right here in this place what it is to live in relationships. Developing godly character and a value system that's Christ-centered, that, that can happen right here. Whether you're single or married or with kids or without kids, widowed, divorced, whatever you are, we're in that process where we become that family that helps us grow in that process and helps us in that same thing. I mean, that's what I'm trying to do when I work with you. I'm trying to get you to go from uh, what I'm kind of up here standing and saying, hey, you know, this is what God's Word says. You want to do this because it's what God's Word says to something where you take that on yourself and you say, you know, I kind of get that. I, I think I, was, uh, I grew up that way. I grew up in the church and I, did, I didn't get it. But one day I did get it. And you go from this 
someone outside of you telling you what it is to do life and how you make that to, I get it and I'm taking responsibility for that, to this amazing kind of phase where you say, okay, God, whatever you want, anywhere, anytime, anyplace, I want to be controlled by you. You lead, you guide. That's what we do. That's what we help our kids do as we're in a family context. That's what we do within the context of the church. We're helping each other grow in that process. But one of the questions we have to ask ourselves is we have to ask ourselves those questions about what am I unintentionally teaching my kids? You ever thought about that? What am I unintentionally teaching the people around me? The people who see my life, follow my life, see what I am and who I am, what am I unintentionally teaching them about money, about sex, about the kinds of movies I bring home? What am I teaching them about character and honesty and those kinds of issues in life? What am I teaching them about work and investment in the lives of others? What am I teaching them about service? What am I teaching them about in my family that are really value that just, it just shows up? It's not always what you say that is what they get, more what they catch just by watching. You have to ask yourself the question, is that what I really want to teach them? What is it that I really want to teach them? And does it match with what I say and how I live my life? If I say one thing and do something else, do I do that for my family? Do I do that for my work situation? Do I do that socially? Because this teaching and learning business is 24-7. It never stops. I have been just trying to figure out if it ever stops. At what point do you stop being a parent? I don't know. I don't think ever. But somehow we're on that journey from parent control to self-control to God control. The family is a place where we help our children learn, where we learn as well. But the family is also a place to play. It's also a place to play. The family is a a great format for just fun and having a good time together. You have fun with your kids? Try to. reality is, is that that fun side is missing in some of our homes. Sometimes we can be pretty rigid about all the stuff we're doing and we forget to have fun along the way. Ecclesiastes 9.9 says, enjoy life with the wife whom you love. I'm glad he said that. I love you, wife, and I'm having fun with you. And my kids. You've seen the bumper sticker that says the family that prays together stays together? 
Would you consider thinking that maybe it should read the family that plays together, stays together? There is something to that. Had somebody say to me once, you know, if you don't have fun with your kids when they're growing up, don't really expect them to come back and want to have fun with you when you're older. Start now. Make sure you have fun. All of you, most of you in this room, will give me a hearty amen to the fact that it goes all too quickly, doesn't it? It's The kids are here. You're looking at, I got my daughter down here, and she has her little five-month-old baby, my grandbaby. Not her baby, my grandbaby. <laughs> and we marvel in five months how this little guy, Jude, has changed in just five months. And in five years, will go by like a blink. And 15 years will fly by. And 20 years. 30, 40, 50 years for some. You'll say yes. Enjoy your kids. Enjoy the relationships that you have with one another. They're all too fleeting. Whether it be your kids, your spouse, your parents, they're all too fleeting. Fourth thing I would just share with you is that the, God meant the family to be a launch pad for ministry. See, there's something that happens in the context of the family that's kind of cool that we don't always think about. It's that somehow these family units become wonderful grounds for teaching our children about ministry and investment in other people. 1 Corinthians 16, 15 says in the Living Bible, Stephanius and his family were the first to become Christians in Greece, and they are spending their lives helping and serving Christians everywhere. Uh, one of the first <laughs> descriptions of families in ministry, there's something about this uh, doing uh, ministry together, being involved in the lives of others, that's, that's just huge in helping families grow. I, I remember as a kid, uh, my parents, uh, I, I don't know what your home was like. Many of your homes, I suppose, were like this too. I grew up as a kid, and, and, and our door was always open. We always had people in our house, uh, always over for meals, um, often years and years of people living with us. <laughs> uh, my parents, for whatever reason, just seemed to be a, an open door to, uh, especially women for some reason, <laughs> in a crisis, uh, need a place to stay. I remember uh, we lived for about a year and a half with the living room piled, floor to, wall to wall, floor to ceiling with furniture and stuff. Because um, this lady didn't have any money for a storage locker, and we didn't have money to pay for a storage locker, and she needed a place for her and her stuff, and she just lived with us. And another year, we had a lady from back home, Minnesota, that went through kind of a little nasty part of her life and needed a new change, and 
she came and lived with us, and um, that was just the way we did life. Uh, we always had military service guys in our house almost every Sunday for lunch. We um, Tucson, Arizona, right next to the military base. Um, started with a, started with a kid from our hometown that I think was kind of a third or fourth cousin to somebody that was you know twenty five times removed, but we kind of knew him, and he came in and and had lunch with us and would come real regular out to lunch at our house. And he brought one of his friends. And then, uh, then he got transferred out, but his friend kept coming. And my parents just kept inviting the military guys over for lunch. And, and, uh, and we just kind of lived like that. Um, we just did it together. We were, much to my sometimes frustration as a kid, uh, the first one at church and the last one to leave. Um, I suppose the last one, other than the pastor, I don't know, but in our side of the parking lot, we were the last car to leave the parking lot. We opened the doors, we mopped the floors, we set up the tables, we took them down, we did that stuff, and we did that all together. Took out the trash, did whatever it took. We're there for every work project, every repair job, there we were. I didn't learn anything, but I was there. I, I don't know which end of a hammer to hold, but, but uh, I was there. One of my favorite memories as a kid, uh, one of my favorite memories as a kid was going to uh, church and rolling bandages. Do you remember doing that? Because back when they used to take those things, you take your sheets, rip them all up, roll them in little balls, pack them in a box, and ship them to Africa, the hospital in Africa. And uh, I remember doing that. I didn't know why I was doing it, but I did it as a kid, and it was pretty cool. I thought, man, I'm helping these people in Africa. And I was rolling bandages, and I probably was, you know, like in second grade or something. And, uh, yeah, but it did something to me. I didn't get it. I, I tell you, I, went, I was very involved in church. When I tell you I was in church 24-7, I was in church 24-7. I didn't get it, but I get it now. And I look back, and I'm very thankful for having an upbringing that, that put me in those kinds of ministry situations. Many of you do that here. We, we, uh, we serve together with our, with our family and ministry investments in, in, in other life, people's lives. Uh, we do that, especially, I think one of our favorite things, if you've not done this, was our family mission trip that we go down to Tecate, and we build homes for the poorest of the poor. And we take anywhere from 60 to 100 people down there uh, from age five to about 85 or so, I think. And, uh, and we spend uh, four or five days uh, building homes together and everybody's involved and everybody's doing something. There is something really healthy about that. You see, families, uh, families are huge. They're shelters in the time of storm. They're learning centers. They're, they're this place where we uh, launch people out into ministry. They're they're just those good kinds of places where we hang out and we have fun with one another. That's what God wants for us. That's what God desires for our families. That's what God desires for you, regardless of the status of your family at this point, right here in this place. But the reality is this, is that we all don't have the family we wished we had. Aren't you glad today is Pentecost Sunday? I am because it reminds me 
that I'm not in this on my own power and on my own strength. I want to be a great dad, and I want to be a great husband. And I don't know that I always have been. And it's a never-ending process. But I'm thankful for the fact that God is on our side. He's helping us be more than we would be on our own. Our general superintendent said something that I thought was kind of interesting this week. Uh, By the way, we have a new district superintendent. Are you aware of that? Tom Taylor, a pastor from Apple Valley Church of the Nazarene on our district, uh, is our new district superintendent. But our general superintendent said something that's kind of grabbed my attention. He said, people don't come to church to hear a sermon. (laughs) I worked so hard on that one. (laughs) That people don't come to church to hear a sermon. They don't come to church to hear a bunch of biblical truth. They come because they want to know if this God business makes any difference in their lives. Is it really going to make any difference in their lives? When I talk to you about the family, I want you to know that I believe with all my heart that it does make a difference. that living a life with Christ at the center of who you are, investing in the things of God, standing tall for those things, does make a difference in who we are, does make a difference in our family's life. Will you be the perfect mom and perfect dad? I'd like to be, but I probably won't be. But I'm better because God is helping me. You'll be better too. And it ain't easy. I don't know how we figure that all out. I'm kind of struggling with that myself today. How do you figure out uh, my investment and choices that your children make? How do you figure out uh, when do I, I don't know, I've, I've got so many questions I don't know what to do with. But I just know that God is on our side. And he'll help us. Amen? Let's pray.